0: Hey everyone, this is John DeRudris and you are about to listen to The John DeRudris Show where I bring you episodes where I talk about entrepreneurship, business, social media, mindset, fitness, and just things about my life and things that are going on. So let's get right into the show. What's going on guys? In this episode, I'm talking about the challenges and the amazing benefits of entrepreneurship. Um, this episode is going to be completely off the cuff. I have no notes. It's just me, you, and I have my recording software in the background. I've got my nice handy-dandy uh, mic right here that I'm using to record um, for just audio quality purposes on desktop. But um, yeah, in this, in this podcast, I want to talk about the challenges and the benefits of entrepreneurship. So let's start off with, if you want to call the bad, the challenges. So the first challenge that I can think of that comes to mind is that there will be a lot of failure, and failure is key to actually being an entrepreneur. I've gotten told so many times uh, that either they can't, an individual can't work with me, or that this deal didn't work out, or that this pay, they were, the, the rate was too high, um, or little things like that. By the way, if you're watching this live and you see me moving around like this, I got a gimbal um, off, off Amazon and it's kind of following me, and I have my face tracker on. So um, if you see the camera moving like this and my hand up in the air, that's what's going on. So um, anyways, definitely failure. Failure is one of the biggest assets that I think is a part of entrepreneurship. What I mean by asset is I think it is necessary. I think it's absolutely necessary to fail. The reason why is because in today's world, failure can be seen and in most times than not, seen as something that you want to avoid. You want to avoid failing at all times. Now, at some point, that can possibly be true once you're later down the line and you have a lot of experience under your belt so you know better so you can fail a little bit less, but you cannot completely eliminate failure, especially from the entrepreneurship discussion. It's something that is way too ingrained in life. Failure is what I mean. that's way too ingrained in life. And so to completely eliminate failure or to not even think about failure is very unrealistic when becoming an entrepreneur. So if you are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, uh, let me tell you right now, you will fail. You'll fail multiple times. You will fail over and over and over again. Um, you may even get rejected a hundred times. You know, there's a common, you know, uh, uh, basically concept that you have to fail a hundred times before you get your first yes. You get told, no 99 times or a hundred times before you get that first yes. And it's very true. I remember when I was starting um, my digital agency that I cold called, um, I mean, five, six, seven businesses in a row that very first day. And I got nothing. I got people hanging up on me. I even had, this was, let, me, let me tell you a story. I had one person tell me um, when I was cold calling them that somebody from my team had already contacted them. Now, how much of that is true, or they were trying to get me off their back, you know, whatever it may be, maybe both, um, or maybe they were just really genuine and they saw somebody else from my team called. It was just me. This was literally day one. Day one of me starting my agency, trying to get clients, and somebody already told me that one of my team members, which I didn't have any, because it was just me, I was a solopreneur at that point, that one of my team members called them. And I was like, oh, and I was like, you know, that actually probably wasn't me um, because I don't have any team members. I was actually really genuine. They're like, oh, okay. And then they said they weren't interested. So um, it it takes a lot of, you know, failure to be able to get to a point of learning how to better cope with them when it comes to actually succeeding and from an emotional standpoint. Um, Then this is going to be number two you have to have guts. You have to have the ability to take those hits, and that is something that I've learned from being an entrepreneur for the last, um, you know, really the last four to five years. Uh, it's something that is not for the the sensitive person. Now, what I mean by that is is you can't let these losses or failures or setbacks in entrepreneurship uh way, way on your shoulders. You can learn from them, you can leverage them. And that's what I would suggest, leverage these failures to then go forth and be better. So um, you it's not for, you know, you know, the, the sensitive, it's not for the people who, well, I mean, sensitive. I mean, you can't take it to heart, like truly take it to heart. Like you're doing something that is wrong and you stop and quit. That's what I'm essentially saying. You can be sensitive in business you can be kind in business. Um, But what I'm referring to is you can't let it get to you, essentially. You can't let it stop you from achieving your goals. Um, And so with that being said, when it comes to entrepreneurship, we already have, you know, we talked about failure, talked about having the guts to stick it through and not taking it, you know, truly personal. Number three, I would say is patience. You have to have patience. And that's really the big key within all this. Um, It was over a year before I got my first client. Now, at that point, I was in school. So it, it was a little bit of a time crunch between, okay, you know, going to school, doing that and also gaining clients. But while looking back on it, it was about a year before I got my first paying retainer client. Um, and I actually still have that client to this day. Um, and I actually increased the, uh, the overall retainer by over 50%, way over 50%, close to, uh, 150%. Um. Which is great because that that means that they've trusted me and we've been able to grow the working relationship and it's become an amazing amazing uh, working relationship there. So that's the third thing I have to say: patience. Having patience in this um, is 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 the biggest thing, and that is a the big challenge too. Um, dealing with failure that's a huge challenge. Being able to take it it and and internalize that failure and not letting it that's a that's one of the biggest challenge. It, challenges that you can face, and notice these are not, you know, business in a sense related. What I mean by that is, it's not like you're you're going out of business. It's not like you're losing clients. It's not like your product or service sucks. This is a lot of it's internal. Um, and so I'm gonna kind of stick um, with that really quick and with patience, and I'm gonna go to some of the external things. Uh, but but patience is a huge challenge. Being able to to take and weather the storm. And realize that tomorrow is a new day and that whatever happened yesterday learn from it you know if you cold called 500 people which would be insane you can do if you cold call 500 people and not one of them returned your calls okay go back to the drawing board and say okay let's see is my approach wrong is my is my tone incorrect is there something within the actual process of cold calling that is wrong and that's where you'll find some of these answers so Shifting away from these internal things, let's talk about some external challenges. You obviously have your competitors. Those are huge challenges within entrepreneurship. There is a competitor for every single business out there, and it's key to know them. Um, I know my competitors here in in Tennessee and even in the the country, there are so many digital agencies popping up um, around the country now. Um, But the biggest thing is actually facing that competition. And what I've realized is that so many business-oriented people are cutthroat. I mean, I'm the same way. I want to win. I want to be the best agency in Nashville, best agency um, in the U.S., mainly in Nashville right now because I can't grow to that scale just yet. Um, so I want all these other businesses. I want all the all the business. I do. I want as much business as I can take on. But the other side of this is there is so much business out there. So I understand that there can be sort of a, a, um, divide between. And I shouldn't say divide. I think the better term would be, um, let me think we're going to sit through this really quick. Um, the, the better term that I would say is there is enough opportunity to be able to divide the work up. So the opportunity out there is abundant. I mean, it is, when I say it's ridiculous, it is absolutely ridiculous. If you put in the work and you find a strategy that works for you, Whether that's cold calling, Instagram DM, Facebook group, networking, chamber of commerce, Instagram reels, TikTok, YouTube, I don't care what it is. Um, There is opportunity out there for every single business owner, regardless of what business you're in. There is a customer for you. And this is the other thing that I would have to say is another challenge. And I've learned this along the way is that you cannot serve everybody. The reason why is because that would be a very boring product. If you served everybody, That, that you'd be very boring. And this is what I've learned, um, is that you have to be able to identify what your customers want, what their need, what their true needs are. So for example, I run a digital agency. People hire me to run and people hire my agency to run ads or build a website or to conduct social media management services to design graphics, all of those different things. But what is the real deep purpose for why they are hiring me? You have to think about that. So yes, they may need your services, but why do they need your services? Do they need it because they want more business? Do they need it because they need more customers? Do they need it because they're in a growth phase? Do they need it because they realize they may have been a little bit lagging behind? Um, They may need to correct some things when it comes to social media or they may just actually just need a website take it a step further. I challenge you to do this. So, you know, one, they need they 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 just want to have an agency, you know, be able to create this content for them. That that's layer 1. Layer 2 is they want more business. That's, you know, number 2. Layer 3, why do they want more business? Is it to spend more time with their kids? Is it to grow their business and maybe step away from it a little bit to spend more time doing other things that they enjoy? Is it the fact that they actually actually just can't do it? Um, I've met a lot of business owners that simply cannot do social media because not because they don't want to, not because they don't um, think that it's not important. They just don't have the time. So there's that third layer that I really think you need to dive into. And that's the biggest challenge for you and your business is to figure out what is that piece? What are people wanting me for is it simply you know to just have a social presence to be credible okay they want to be credible why do they want to be credible they want to impress people okay why do they want to impress people really go down into the minutia in this and figure out what is the reason why people are hiring you or people want your product or people want your service um you know for example let's say you have wow i just shook the entire desk um let's say you have a product of some sorts. let's i mean you could even let's say you you're a uh shoot let's say you're a you're a coffee company now that's a general topic um let's say you you're a lawn mower company um and let's say you have customers all over the the nashville area um and you want to be able to you know service those customers so you want to build a website so you hire me to build the website so okay let, let's, let's dive into this equation. Okay. Why do they, I did it again. I keep on hitting my mic and it shakes the table and stuff. You can't see this on the, on the, uh, podcast, obviously, if you're watching this, I mean, if you're listening to this, but you can see, you can see me shaking the table. Um, so you have a, uh, you have a website that needs to to be built. So you hire somebody to do, to do that. So simply you just don't have a website. That's number one. Number two. Okay. We know why let's dive deeper. Okay. Why do you want to have a website there? Um, one, yep, you don't have it. But two, it's to be able to capture those customers in. Okay, that's that's another level. Why do you want to capture those customers in? Because you want more business. Why do you want more business? To actually grow your business and to, to reach some sort of maybe financial freedom or some sort of revenue goal. Okay, why do you want to reach that revenue goal? Um, and this this is kind of going for both sides, for people who serve these business owners and for these actual business owners that are listening right now, Um figure out what is that true why that people are wanting. Um, And what you can do there is set up customer personas built around that why. So for, you know, you could have a customer persona for Jill, a customer persona for Jill, who owns this restaurant, who is trying to get more customers in because she wants to make more to be able to spend more on her grandkids or her kids, something like that, or save up for her kids' college. Figure out what that true why is. I can't even remember what point I'm on. I think I'm on like five. Um, but when it comes to some external things that are challenges for entrepreneurs, I would say you know, competition is big, but also being able to adapt. I think that is the, the, the fifth challenge here is being able to adapt on the spot. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is figuring out how you can change your product, change your offering, change your service in a way that's gonna benefit who you're reaching. And so with that, that could be adding a layer of of complexity on your end to make it look better for the client. For example, I invested in a analytics software that my clients can log into to be able to see everything that's going on behind the scenes when it comes to analytics, seeing how much their page has grown, what the return on ad spend is, how many clicks they're getting, the the, uh, click-through rates, the cost per landing page views, How many people are clicking on the ads what ages they are what gender they are um, where they're located all of these things so that i don't have to basically report this um, from a manual standpoint i can create these reports uh, directly from the stats and send it off to them but they also have access at any time to look at it which is great that was adaptability because i realized there was a little bit of a, a break in the market between the analytics side and the actual execution of these social media uh, marketing services. And I put those together to create this client portal that people can go in and see their own analytics um, for those accounts that we're running. So that's that's one example of this. Being able to adapt is maybe changing scenery within your actual physical location. Maybe it's uh, adjusting to new technologies. Maybe it's in, in adding a new social network. Maybe it's adding a, a new POS system. Maybe it's introducing QR code menus, being able to adapt on the fly and COVID really proved this, that adapting on the fly is so necessary to be able to actually win in business. The the businesses that adapted won, the businesses that, unless, I mean, obviously a lot of businesses that didn't adapt or did adapt, didn't win. I'm just making a very broad generalization here. Um, Sometimes the businesses that don't adapt end up losing. And we've seen that across the board. I can give you two to three examples. The taxi industry and Uber. One right there, the taxi industry laughed at Uber when they were coming around saying, oh, no, no, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna happen. You're not gonna be able to order a a, a car to come to your door and and take you from anywhere from a little phone. No way. Taxis are almost, you know, obsolete. Um, Let's look at Amazon. You know, you had to go to places to be able to buy the products that you want. You couldn't order it. Uh, at least not to the scale and what the availability that Amazon has. And here we are. They adapted. They were a bookstore, and now they serve every single country, every single customer in the world with anything that you want. I just bought a backpack from them yesterday. Um, Let's think about another business um, that has adapted. I mean, there's so many. I mean, let's look at at Tesla. Or no, no, no. Let's look at Airbnb. Airbnb is a great one. Um, I actually have a book on Airbnb that I'm really wanting to read, but I haven't had time to. Um, Let's look at Airbnb. Basically, what they did was they took people's homes and turned it into properties that people can rent. People's homes. They don't even have to own the property. I'm talking about Airbnb. Airbnb basically took the rental industry, the hotel industry, flipped it on its head, and let's say, okay, we're going to make all these individuals who want to become sort of, you know, entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, we don't have to own the properties, but we can still provide this service to be able to rent out spaces, we're gonna get a fee for it. They're gonna make money, it's a win-win. Literally one of the smartest business concepts uh, that's ever come out of the world, I would, I would say. Um, and then let's look at a, a very common one, it's Netflix. Netflix has done something that, you know, those other two have done as well. They've been able to revolutionize the streaming world and what is being able to be watched at any given time and flipped it on its head, and you can just have a subscription. You can watch from your phone, computer, laptop. doesn't matter what it is. Instead of having to go to a Blockbuster or a Redbox or one of those stores to get a DVD, come back, all this different stuff. They, they're in They're the leader. They're the leader. Um, so adaptability, I would say, is the last one uh, when it comes to challenges. Um, now, I want to switch over to benefits because benefits have become... Um, you know i want this to be a decently long podcast but i only have about 10 minutes uh, left before i really want to actually head to the gym so um we're gonna get these benefits kind of flying through here so the benefits the benefits of, of entrepreneurship is that you can work whenever you want for as long as you want as hard as you want the downside to that is you may create your own jail within your own business what i mean by that is you may take on so much responsibility and so much work that you are actually trapped within your business that you can't go and do other things. that you can't leave your computer because if you leave your computer, you're, you' you won't have a, you won't have a business. So that's where you want to create systems and you want to bring on the right people to be able to help them achieve what I mean by help them, them as in the people you bring on. You want them to reach their goals by being partnered with you or being an employee or however you want it to be. And you want to be able to pay them something that is very fair. And then you want to be able to go and do the things that you want to do so you can step away from the business. Um, And that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned and I want everybody that's listening to this is that once you take that step back and you become almost an advisor slash um, CEO role where you have people underneath you doing the tasks that you were once doing, that is what it truly means to be a business owner i'm going to dive into that a little bit more to become a business owner you have to know every little every single asset and every single responsibility that you are hiring out to do Um, the reason why i say this is because let's say shit hits the fan everybody leaves and you are stuck you it's just you it's just you again it's back to you know day one if you don't know Let's say you're you're a, a digital agency like I am. Let's say I didn't know how to build a website and I have clients that are in progress that we need to finish that site and I don't know how to do it. That's on me. And this is going to be another benefit, uh, kind of not a challenge, but um, responsibility. That's a whole other thing. i want to add that to the end. It's going to be a little bonus. Um, and so I'm going to figure out a way to remind myself to say that at the end. Um, responsibility. Okay. So while you are... Going through entrepreneurship, you have to be able to step away, and you have to be able to say, "Okay, I am going to not create my own jail. I'm going to have the freedom to be able to do what I want to do. Let me bring on some individuals that I can help. Maybe they, you know, are either you know interns. Maybe they're actually hires. Maybe they're freelancers. Whatever they may be, um, how can I hire them so they can achieve their goals financially and I can achieve mine? So make it make it a completely two-way street." You don't want to be, oh, I'm bringing this person on just so I could have more freedom. I don't care what they do. I just don't want to deal with this. No, you want to be able to make it a two-way street. Um, The second benefit is that you can have truly financial freedom. I know that's a big term that is thrown around with a bunch of different people, a lot of gurus and, and whatnot, but it really is true. You can make how much or how little you want to make. If you want to have five clients, or 10 clients at a thousand bucks a piece, and you don't wanna go past that, you can do that. If you wanna grow, you can just keep on bringing them on. If you don't wanna grow at all, you can you know, slowly stop doing that lead gen. I would still have some lead gen process just in case there's a little turnover um, in that. But you have to realize that you can make as much as you want um, or as little as you want. So you have the freedom in that sense. Another big positive about entrepreneurship is that you can help people. That's one of the most fulfilling things that I've actually realized within growing my agency, J Media is that there are people that are very, very emotional when it comes to what things have been done that I've been able to to do for that individual, Um, whether that's build a a website or run ads or get leads to somebody um, to be able to sell something that they want to sell or whether it's simply driving traffic to a blog or um, running effective ads that they're able to um, increase their revenue. All of these different things—it's—it's—it's it's, it's so fulfilling um, to to do these things and actually serve people. Um, and that's one thing that you have to have. You have to have a a now I shouldn't say a servant mentality, but you have to have a willingness to help people um, wh- wh- with whatever you do. Um, whether that's you you make a product, whether that you have a physical store. It's all about helping somebody else achieve or get what they want. Amazon helps me get my backpack in three days because I'm going to Italy. Um, I help somebody build a website so they can increase their presence and people, they can get leads. You may help somebody with your banana business, um, getting people nutrition that they need, whatever it may be. That was a weird, weird idea. Um, I I wouldn't suggest delivering bananas to people, but if you do, great. Um, So the fulfillment part of that um, is, is amazing. And also number four is going to be a small section. Uh, the connections you make are so unbelievable. The networking opportunities, uh, the referral game, which I would say don't expect referrals. Um, that's one thing that I've learned as well is that you want to give as much value as you can and not expect anything in return. What I mean by that is let's say you, I mean, you have a client and you do work for them. You expect to pay it. That's, that's clear. What I'm saying is, though, if you have a client, you're doing work for them, don't expect them to go and tell all their friends, and that's how you're going to make all the new business that you have just based off of that. No, you want to be able to provide that person with something that they can actually share with somebody else, not because you told them to, because they wanted to. Those are the connections that you want to make. So the referral game, that's number five. Referral game is amazing. Um, I've gotten uh, a lot of clients off of that. And then... Really, to kind of tie this up, I would say another fulfilling part of this is to be able to say that you grew you grew something from start and scratch up until it's, you know, till it's birth and now it's flourishing um like a tree. That was very philosophical. Um, okay. Uh, to be able to say that you are growing something, whether that's a digital agency, I keep on going to that example, whether that's a, Direct to consumer product. Whether you're a CPA, whether you're a freelance um, artist, whether you're a um, uh, a musician, being able to say that you started from oh, this is gonna be cringy, Started from the bottom. Now you're here. That was so bad, guys. I'm sorry. I, I I had to do it. It's the first thing that came into my mind. Um, and so being able to say you started from something, or started from nothing and went to something. My nose itches. Um, that is huge. That is huge within the entrepreneurship game and being able to, to, to really harness the responsibility that comes with it. Um, I thought of the Spider-Man quote, I am not going to say it, but y'all know what it is. Um, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship and responsibility, if you have your own business, everything falls on you. If something that somebody else, okay, so if somebody else steals from your company, that, that is on the line that it's not your fault. Um, But everything else is on you. If you brought on somebody who did a terrible job, that is on you. If you did not make the hiring time to be able to fulfill the service, that's on you. If you performed a shitty service, that's on you. If you did not make terms clear, that's on you. If you lost a client, that's on you. If you gained a client, that's on you. If everything that you do within your business is on you. And I think that's a big issue that we have right now in, in the world is self-responsibility and self-accountability. Once I finally took the notion and took the thought that, okay, maybe I'm not growing because I'm not reaching out to people. Maybe I'm not you know increasing my retainers because I don't have anything truly valuable to add. Okay, how can I add value? Um, maybe I lost this client not because I, you know, they simply didn't want to work with me anymore. Maybe it's because I did something wrong. Maybe I did a bad, terrible job. Um, so having, you know, it's a quote that Gary Vee does quite a bit, but it's less finger pointing and more thumb pointing back towards me. Um, more, you know, to do and more this. Um, and, and with that being said, responsibility is, is probably the biggest opportunity and benefit, I would say, for entrepreneurship as a whole, being able to be accountable and saying and being responsible and saying, yes, I screwed up. I did not build your website in the time that I thought I was going to. That's on me. Here's a couple revisions I'm going to do for free because I know I didn't get to see you in time. I want to get this right. Here, here's a month free of website management, something like that. Or you know, accountability that you did something right. Um, not trying to not be humble, but uh, being accountable and being responsible for things that go right and things that go wrong. Yes, I reached out to 50 different businesses and I got five yeses. I increased my revenue by 50% because of that. That's awesome. Being responsible there. Or the flip side, I should have reached out to 50 businesses because now I'm stuck. I lost three clients and now I don't have enough to pay rent. Okay, what do I do? Do I sit here and sulk or do I go out, put in the work, get some clients to be able to meet that uh, meet that demand when it comes to actually paying rent um, or paying whatever you need to pay, your bills, your employees, all of that stuff, and do that there. And this is, this is really kind of focused on solopreneurs. But if you have a team, um, I want to extend this to people who have teams as well. Being able to put the responsibility... In someone else's hands, as in, let's say I had an accountant that I have, or let's not, let's say I have a social media manager um, that I'm hiring, and I give them all of the parameters, everything that I need to know, or everything that they need to know, the the SOPs, um, all the fun stuff, and you know they go in and perform a good job. Okay, I was responsible for that because I gave them what they needed to. do. Now let's say I gave them a terrible document and they went out and completely botched a client and we lost them. That's on me, that's on me. Even if, okay, let's say you did give them the right stuff and you they went out and still did a bad job, still on me because I hired that person. So all in all, the challenges of entrepreneurship, you have failure, you have uh, patience, you have to be able to withstand it, you have to be able to take rejection, you have to be able to deal with responsibility, benefits, you have time freedom, you have freedom with money, freedom with all these other other things, Um, and being able to help and serve others and also build something that you can call your own. That's going to end this podcast. Please stay tuned for more podcasts coming your way. And this is John Drudris.